everybody, I'm Eric, and today I watched WWE 2017 Week 40, which happened uh, October 2nd through 5th, and consists of Raw episode 1271, SmackDown episode 946, 205 Live number 45, Main Event number 262, and NXT number 414. All of these, except for NXT took place live at the Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado, and I was there for both nights. It was really, really fun. And instead of trying to remember everything that happens, um, I recorded uh, like 30 to 40 minutes uh, after getting home each night about everything that happens, all of the stuff that may have been venue-specific or, or live audience-specific and all of that. And yeah, it was overall it was it was really, really, really fun. So um first up, here are my thoughts on Raw and Main Events, which were filmed on Monday, October second. I just got home from Raw at the Pepsi Center, October second, twenty seventeen. Um, I probably, my plan is to have already recorded an introduction to this, this podcast episode. Um, uh, I wanted to get some thoughts down about tonight while it's still fresh in my mind. So I don't forget all kinds of stuff. Um, I, I will probably rewatch the actual episode, uh, so I can see, see and hear all the commentary and stuff like that. But, um, oh my gosh, it was so much fun tonight. It was so much fun, and surely I am biased from actually being there, but this had to be one of the best episodes of Raw that I've seen, Uh, or, I mean, very likely the best. I can't think of another episode that was, from top to bottom, so friggin' entertaining. Um, there, there are a couple of slow parts and also all the commercial breaks, of course, but those are also really good breathers for me. Anyway, uh, we had, uh, a couple of main event matches to open the nights. Uh, there was, uh, who was in the first match? Uh, oh yeah, it was another in this series of Dash Wilder versus... Beauty and the Man Beast, just trading back and forth each week. Uh, he went up against Heath Slater two weeks ago. He went against Heath Slater also. And then last week and three weeks ago, so it's every other week, uh, he went up against Rhino. And I can't remember if Dash Wilder has won any of these matches, but he did lose this one. Uh, Heath uh, got a roll-up. And one match, and uh, it was a nice match to open open the whole show. And then we had a kind of a strange tag team cruiserweight match, uh, a cruiserweight tag team match, whatever order of words you want to say those in. Uh, it was Tony Nice and uh, 
oh shoot, who who did he fight? Who or who was his his teammate? It was oh, I think it was, yeah, it was Tony Nice and Noam Dar versus uh shoot, I can't remember who up against Lince Dorado and Rich Swan. That's right, that's right. And uh Rich Swan finished the match with a Phoenix splash on Noam Dar. I really enjoyed watching Noam during the entire match. Uh, most of the time, it was Tony Nice in the ring, and Noam Dar was the 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 tag team string thing. Uh, he was just spinning it in the air <laughs> uh, every now and then. I thought it was I thought it was really funny. I don't think it ever appeared on camera, but maybe it will. Well, I'll have to wait till Thursday to to rewatch that match on main event and see what was going on there. Um, okay, so the rest, it's pretty easy to remember those two matches in what order they were in. Uh, the rest of the night is kind of a blur, but one of the most fantastic blurs of events. Uh, we had uh, Dean Ambrose versus Braun Strowman which was awesome. Uh, and Seth comes out, uh, no, no, it wasn't Dean Ambrose. Versus, sorry. It was Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman. And then Dean comes out to try and save Seth from further demolition because Braun of course is not finished with him yet. By the way, uh, on the way out of the stadium, it's not a state arena. Um, I saw a guy had a, Braun Elway sign, and it was, it was really good. It was a really good drawing. Uh, it, it was a drawing of Braun Strowman wearing a John Elway jersey, and it's very simple, but also very well done. And uh, yeah, I think that was my favorite. <laughs> Favorite poster that I saw. Uh, there was also one that said uh, Roman. No, uh, Denver is Roman's yard. I liked that that sign also. Um, okay, so yeah, uh, Dean Ambrose comes out and saves the day. Well, tries to save the day, but Braun just destroys these two guys. And then the bar comes out. Cesaro and Sheamus and uh, beat them up even more. And it was great. And I was very excited to see these guys. Uh, and Cesaro's new third is fantastic. It's <laughs> it's a fifth cyborg and then his logo on the back says Cesaro. And it's ama- It's a. It's an official shirt. It's amazing, and I kind of want to get it. I mean, uh, it wouldn't be the first time that I paid full price for a WWE shirt. So, I, so there's precedent for it. I kind of want to get it. I kind of want, but it is. It is a weird shirt. It is okay. Some wrestling shirts have a a lot to explain about them. And it's easier just not to explain it if somebody asks about it. Um, not that it's actually ever... It's happened a couple of times when I'm wearing um, whatever whatever shirt. Uh, South Park Regional Wrestling. Kind of a weird interaction. 
uh, whoever was asking me about it, they asked if I was a Southpaw. And I was like, no, it's just the name of the thing. It has nothing. It's not like I went to the Leftorium and bought all kinds of left-handed memorabilia to honor my left-handedness. I, well, not that there's anything wrong with being left-handed, but it seems like a weird... I don't know why. I, why would you? Why would you assume that from somebody wearing that shirt? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I. I. I my mind wouldn't go there, of course, because I know what it is. But anyway, um, that yeah, the 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 Thwith Thyborg, the Thitharo shirt third would take a lot of explaining because you have to say. Well, I guess you could say. It, it, has, it doesn't have a whole lot of explaining. You, you see his picture. You see his two front teeth are jammed into his face. Uh, I still don't have to describe it like that. Um, and it's it's he's Swiss. He's a cyborg. His name is Cesaro. There you go. Explained. You don't even have to say that he's a wrestler. Just say, look, his, it's funny because his, his teeth are messed up in the picture. Um, anyhow, uh, this wasn't the last we saw of the bar because we also saw, saw them in my fav- my favorite Roman Reigns match yet. As far as a one-on-one singles match, Roman Reigns versus The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. And, oh my gosh, this match is so... So freaking good. I loved it. And then it got even better. Okay. It, it, I like this match so much that I kind of felt like, um, I, 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 I might like Roman Reigns now. Like this match turned me around everything and the story around it. All of that, uh, Roman before the match begins, he takes out the Miz Taraj. It beats them senseless with a chair it's amazing he he goes chasing after them and hunts them down to destroy them with a steel chair oh it's so great and the miz tries to get out of uh i don't know if this is shown on tv or not i really hope it was um the miz goes and grabs the microphone after his Taraj was uh, dispatched by Roman, and he. <laughs> oh, it was so amazing. Um, what did he say? He said, uh, "Who do you think you are? You can't just come out here and beat up Bo Dallas and Kurt Axel. Now I have to go and check on them, make sure they're okay. I can't do this match." His delivery of that was so, so amazing. And I enjoy it. I, I had pretty high up seats. I was in the second tier. I was uh, exactly opposite of the entrance ramp, which I thought was actually pretty, pretty great seat. Pretty great seat, except for I couldn't see most of the Jumbotron. Both instances of the Jumbotron could not see the upper half of them with the lighting rigs that were in the way of uh, well lighting rigs for the lower one and then the uh just the beam of the pepsi center structure for the second one um i don't know that seems kind of like a 
a flawed design to have that complete, almost completely covered up for a large portion of the upper audience. But anyway, um, enough about the stadium structure, the arena structure, whatever. Um, uh, so the match uh, is thrown out. The Miz is disqualified when Cesaro and Sheamus come out and attack um, uh, attack Roman. And they seem to be trying to egg on while Roman, of course, to, to, to show him who's boss, but also send a message to the Shed. They're missing their... They're missing... They're missing... They're missing, they're missing their ill. Uh, th- those are the letters that are missing from shield. If it's the shed, um, IL for Roman Reigns. IL stands for Roman Reigns. Um, and they do the whole fist bump thing, all that. They do all three of their finishers. We both times we see the bar. We get a bro kick and a neutralizer. I don't think we've seen a neutralizer from Cesaro in a while. I can't even remember the last time that we saw him actually do it. And we see it twice tonight, which is pretty cool. Get the skull crashing finale. And then they do the triple powerbomb, the shield patented triple powerbomb. So at least they're getting a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the word? I am really tired uh i've been awake for a long long time i just got home a few minutes ago but um uh what is what is the word when you get a little bit of money each time something is done it's not like um it's uh oh my god i feel so dumb right now i can't remember the word for when you get a little bit of money, part of the money for every time something is sold, not commission. It's not a commission. It's a royalty. There we go. Totally not important. Cause it's just a dumb observation joke about using somebody else's finisher. Anyhow, awesome, awesome match that finished up the second hour earlier on. Um, there is, there's lots of women's action in this episode, in this episode, uh, Mickey James going after Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. Nia Jax is back to being friends with Alexa Bliss, which I think is great. No explanation of it. It's just, there they are. They're back together again. Uh, Let's just not talk about it. We don't talk about, uh, Nia turning on Alexa. Let's just consider it. Hey, she had to do what she had to do, but deep down, they are friends, and they'll get along, and they're kind of... They're, they're a great team. I think they're a great team. Anyhow, um, oh, all this stuff with Mickey James is so good. It's so good. So funny. And she beats Nia Jax. How did she beat her? I can't even remember what exactly happens... Oh, uh, disqualification, I think. Is that what happened? I think so. Uh, but she's really happy about it because, well, not so much about the results of the match, but because of how well she did in the match up until that point. 
uh, Kurt tells Mickey James that she has a, a championship match against Alexa Bliss. Oh God, it's it better stay as one on one. It they don't add any more people into it, please. One on one Raw Women's Championship match. Just keep keep it like that. Add some ladders into it or something. Oh, that would be pretty great. Because um, they're, well, Mickey James is a few inches taller than Alexa. I think so. She had a she would have an advantage in a ladder match. Um, we don't have an official ladder match employed for TLC yet. Um, so, uh, what, what's, which championships, well, we've got to have an intercontinental title match. It's going to be a chairs match, I'd imagine, between Roman Reigns and The Miz. But are we going to have some tag team involvements? No, we see that next week, maybe, I don't know. Um, we don't have any tables matches announced. Um, it can't be the women's championship match. That can't be a tables match because that was a tables match last year. That's how Alexa Bliss won her first SmackDown Women's Championship uh, against Becky Lynch. So I don't think they'll do that again, but maybe they will. I don't know. Um, and we don't have... Uh, yeah, we, we don't have any of the ma- actual matches in place yet. So I think next week we'll start seeing those solidified. As far as which ones are uh, stipulation-based for the table, ladders, chairs thing. Uh, we had some stuff going on with Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. I was so happy to see Finn in person, even though he was a thousand yards away. Uh, but the whole arena throwing their arms up to his 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 music and uh, everything was great about it. I didn't throw my arms up, but I I mean I was around it, so it was still a lot of fun. I didn't want to I I didn't want to stand up. I it it was a long long day. Um, so if I did it sitting down, I'd have smacked the people next to me, like in their armpits doing that. So I don't, so I I didn't do it, but anyhow, uh, no actual wrestling between these two on the episode, but the main event of the night for the live audience after the, the, the shields reuniting teaser at the end of the show we had Bray Wyatt versus Finn Balor in a street match, in a street fight. And uh, it wasn't super hardcore. We had a kendo stick. Uh, and then Bray listened to the audience's chance of, we want tables. He grabs a table, sets it up. But, of course, he's the one who gets sent through it. After a sling blade, he gets drop kicked through the table. And then Finn hits the coup de gras and wins the match. It was... It was a lot of fun. It was a pretty quick match, but it was very, very fun. Um, we got some like reversals with Finn getting his hands on the kendo stick after uh, Bray Wyatt initially found the kendo stick to use, and uh, yeah, it was, that was a whole lot of fun. Um, what else was 
there. Oh yeah. Uh, so the the Bray Wyatt's promo video. The first one earlier in the episode, I was like, yeah, okay. Maybe it would have helped if I could see the entire screen. If he was doing some stuff, I don't know. Um, but then he has a second video when Finn is in the ring. And uh, he's going bonkers. And we're getting these teases about Sister Abigail. Are we actually going to see Sister Abigail? Because she's alive and she's dying to meet you, Finn. And uh, I don't, I don't even, I don't want to expect anything. Just that something is coming, and I really hope that it's super cool, or at least like medium cool, like medium to low medium, somewhere in that range. I'd be fine with because it's something different. Um, there's what else happened? We had uh, the yeah the second hour like main event sort of thing was the Intercontinental Championship match, and uh, like I said, I I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. This is my favorite thing from the whole night was that whole match. Uh, in the last hour of the show, um, we had a women's tag team match, uh, we, uh, which was Emma and Alicia Fox versus Bailey and Sasha Banks. Uh, we also had all the women who are there tonight uh, come out for the uh, breast cancer awareness thing. And that was pretty cool to see all of, all of them out there. And that was also really cool to see uh, four more of them in action uh, other than the, the three who were in action earlier in the night. And uh, we, uh, Dana Brooke was there too, but she didn't have a match at all. Uh, not a dark match or anything, but it was cool to see her out there as well. Um, so that was the second to last thing on the show, the televised show. And we ended with Enzo Amore addressing the cruiserweights. And he has an additional clause for his contract that if anybody who laid their hands on the, on him last week, if any of them do that again, they're fired. So everybody, everybody's disqualified from having this champ, a championship match. And all of them are also disqualified from even touching Enzo except, and I kind of called this in my conversation with Matt. Uh, well, first of all, I realized last week in the aftermath of raw, Braun Strowman is the first one to attack Enzo after Neville is finished with them. And so Braun Strowman is disqualified from challenging Enzo Amore for the Cruiserweight Championship. What a shame. He would have completely nailed it. And we would have the heaviest Cruiserweight ever as champion. But, uh... What we had tonight, uh, when I realized that, uh, that Braun Strowman is disqualified from that, I thought about, oh, we have two other people who are on the roster who 
weren't involved in the Enzo Amore beatdown, but they were, but they are cruiserweights, and they should be in the division. Uh, Kalisto or Sin Cara, and Kurt Angle comes out and says, "Hey, we do have somebody who I just signed to the cruiserweight division, Kalisto, and I, I really like his new masks." We haven't seen him on TV in a while. I'm super excited. Oh, in general, it seemed uh, it, it was a bit of a letdown. Like, oh my god! For a second there, I was just waiting, waiting for that cartoon bomb to appear and Johnny Gargano run out. And it would have been so, so super cool. Um, but Kalisto is is also pretty, pretty great. Um, so Kalisto comes out and beats up Enzo and. That's the last in-ring image we see before that uh, locker room shield reunion tease. Um, and before all of that, before Kalisa comes out, before Kurt Angle comes out to announce that Kalisa is coming out, um, we also had a pretty, pretty good Enzo promo about everything and everyone. He goes person by person when the two to the the cruiserweights come out, uh, and at first I thought, oh, there's only like five of them coming down the ramp. How lame is that? Wait a second, the rest of them are coming in through the crowd. Speaking of coming through the crowd, the Miz and Kurt, Kurt Curtis Kurt, Curtis and Bo coming down shield style through the crowd. Oh, I loved it. And I I hope that was on TV. It had to have been. Um, but maybe it wasn't. Um, what was I saying? There was... Uh, yeah. There, there was some, some great, great action in this episode. I liked it. So I had so much fun. The whole entire show... There were a couple of parts where um, it did see well, mostly during commercial breaks. It's pretty obvious when the commercial breaks are and um, all of that. But uh, anyway, I was going to mention something else. can't remember. Oh, I am starting to really dig Emma's new music and her new entrance. Uh, especially there's like a uh, – I don't know if this is in it before – but there's like this little yeah, like in the break in a break, uh, the break at the end of like the introduction of the song, and she like points to herself in tie with that, and I like I like that so so much. Another thing, and maybe this isn't a brand new thing. I just never noticed this chant before. But we but there's a a too sweet chant. And went and went something like too sweet or something like that, and I could not tell for the life of me if that was just that, or if they were saying actual words, or or whatever it was, or if it was nonsense, if it was that exact nonsense. But I liked that chant a whole, whole lot. Um. So, yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much covers everything. Um, if you do go to the Pepsi Center 
foreign events on the second level. It's about, uh, I think it's at like section 210. There's like a nacho stand. I like the second level in general. It seems a lot fancier than the main level, which is a lot more like stadium. Uh, it, it presents very much like any other stadium, whereas the second level, it's uh, everything is like polished, kind of a high end nacho place. Uh, where I also got food last year at SmackDown, um, and uh, the other restaurants and stuff too. There's like a really nice bar. There's like an actual restaurant with tables and everything. Uh, yeah, the second level. It's I guess it's technically the club level. Uh, but there are normal seats there uh, on that level as well. And it's the highest that you can sit for Raw and SmackDown because they have the, the upper level is uh, curtained off um, for these events. So anyway, it was it was so much fun. So, so much fun. I'm really looking forward to, to SmackDown tomorrow night. SmackDown and 205 Live. Can't forget... Uh, if the main event every single week is Enzo Amore getting beaten up, that would be so amazing. And I thought I I joked to Matt that he would be the the main event getting beat up on Two Hundred Five Live, and that somehow he would also be the main event getting beat up on Hell in a Cell. And I thought uh, during Enzo's uh, promo, he was saying like anybody who sides with those cruiserweights, they can go to hell, like, and all of that. And he kept saying, go to hell. And I thought, oh, is he actually gonna end up fighting at Hell in a Cell, even though it's the other show? Whatever. I, w- I, I would be super excited for that. But um, that doesn't seem to be the case. Uh, okay. I am starting to forget what I was just talking about, like right after I finished saying it. So I'm going to stop this segment of this episode, uh, shortly after this, probably as soon as I finish this sentence, I'll be talking about SmackDown live and two Oh five live from October 3rd, 2017. So stay tuned in three, two, one. And here are my thoughts on SmackDown and 205 Live, filmed on October 3rd. I just got home from seeing SmackDown and 205 Live on October 3rd, 2017, at the Pepsi Center in Denver, Colorado. And it was a lot of fun. Not a whole lot of actual matches compared to Raw last night, at least during SmackDown, because we're... It's five days away from Hell in a Cell, so a lot of setup for that, a lot of promos, all that kind of stuff, um, some highlights, videos, etc. But uh, we did ha- the the matches that did happen were a lot of fun. I got way into them. Uh, we opened the night with a uh, a dark match to open the show. Uh, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin versus the Colognes. They're they're still around. We haven't seen them on TV in forever, but here they are at uh at smackdown live before the show um that that was a pretty good match to start things off and uh shelton benjamin uh pinned one of the colognes for the win after a 
uh, pretty cool tag team move. Uh, Shelton and Chad did not have like a video package for their entrance, but they're on the kickoff show on Sunday. So hopefully they have something put together by then, or maybe they just didn't show anything on it uh, so that they could debug what was happening with the screens. There's, they're having some issues with the, um, the Titantron above the entrance uh, at the beginning of the show, uh, which is kind of weird because it's a whole, it's all just set up from yesterday. So maybe it's because of that, that uh, something could have come loose or whatnot because they weren't putting it together completely today like they normally would on a Tuesday. Um, so stuff could get messed up and, uh, not set up completely from scratch. Like usual, I, I don't know, whatever it was, uh, it did end up getting fixed, uh, a little bit into the show. So that, that was good. It was, it was kind of distracting a little bit. It was, it wasn't a big deal, but, uh, like one column of the video was, like 20 pixels off like offset upwards which was odd and then every now and then it would blink out or duplicate other sections of this it was, it was weird uh no idea what the problem was but they did fix it eventually so that's good very good um <laughs> uh so the show itself what do i even remember from it the big hype up for the night was shane and kevin face to face in the ring at last, before they head into the cell on Sunday, and uh, we had some highlights videos throughout, uh, and it ended up being, well, it was the main event, and uh, let's, I'll just talk about that, because it was really cool. Um, we had amazing seats. I went to SmackDown with Matt and Aaron, and we were like ninth row, right in the middle on the TV side. And you will probably be able to see us in some shots throughout the show. Uh, we didn't make signs or anything. Uh, I didn't have time to go to the store to get poster board. Otherwise, I would have I would have liked to have made some signs because that would have been pretty fun. But uh, next time, next time perhaps. Um, so the main event was... Uh, Shane and Kevin, uh, where our seats were, were very close to where the Miztourage came down in the Shield style uh, last night on Raw, but instead Kevin came down from uh, the next aisle over, so it was kind of hard to see him from where we were at, to see his head poke through the gaps in the crowd every now and then as he ascended or descended the stairs. And then they went up into the uh, the concourse, I guess you might call it, uh, where all the snacks and merchandise tables were. Uh, and they fought up there, which was pretty great. Was, I mean, we I wasn't really expecting much of a fight, if at all. And they ended up going at it and all kinds of great moves. We had the pop-up powerbomb in the ring to finish things off. And then we also had a powerbomb through one of the merchandise tables, which was great. Um, so, yeah, in general, very, very good main event. has me really excited for Hell in a Cell on Sunday. Um, and then right after that, we opened 205 Live with uh, Enzo Amore talking to Kalisto, and uh, that was pretty good, too. And Kalisto went back to his old music. Uh, was it because 
nobody really knows his new music yet. And I, I mean, I like the old music better. It's also not as fast, at least the lucha, lucha part. So that's got to be easier with the old music as well. Um, not as tiring for the arms. Um, lots and lots of people, uh, more people on SmackDown have, uh, and 205 Live have more, uh, interactive type things, crowd interaction type things like the tens for Ty Dillinger. That's so much fun to do. Uh, glorious, the singing along to Shinsuke Nakamura's theme, uh, which you got to do twice tonight because not only did he come out for an interview with Renee, but he was also in the dark match at the end of the night, uh, six man tag team match. It was really fun. And uh, a good part of it was kind of shenanigans, uh, just kind of them messing with each other, not actually wrestling yet. And uh, that was maybe my favorite part of the whole night. Uh, But going backwards, uh, we had that uh, that interview with Shinsuke Nakamura, which was uh, weird. And uh, then Jinder Mahal comes out. So like anything with Jinder Mahal, I kind of tuned out of except for the, the dark match at the end of the show, because he wasn't actually like talking and stuff. So it wasn't as annoying, but anyway, uh, we also had a tag team match, Becky Lynch and Charlotte versus, uh, Natalia and Carmella, James Ellsworth at ringside on his leash. So, so creepy, weird. And, uh, Natalia won that match when she got Charlotte in the sharpshooter. And uh, that was after kind of dispatching Becky. So she was totally out of the picture. She couldn't help Charlotte get out of that situation. I was really hoping that Charlotte would would, uh, reach for the ropes there. She seemed like she was pretty close to the ropes, but uh, she wasn't able to. Um, There was Bobby Roode versus Mike Kanellis, and Bobby Roode destroyed him in uh, just about two moves. And then Dolph Ziggler can't, comes out and uh, complains that Bobby is, is nothing but an entrance, that he's not a good wrestler or whatever he said. It's like, did you just watch? He totally dominated Mike Kanellis just now. What are you talking about? Or are you just, well, I guess he was kind of putting down Mike. Like, oh, good job. You had, that's such a great victory or something like that. So, I, okay, there is logic to it. It does make sense. Um, he did one of the worst entrances ever. He comes out with a bass drum. Uh, does no, no, no rhythm whatsoever. Uh, he's throwing like little glittery streamers around and then like those crank noisemakers and then the air horn, the air horn. Oh my gosh. That was so freaking funny. Um, <laughs> that's so annoying. It is just, just aims it at Bob. Well, he honks it a few times, but then aims it right at Bobby and holds it for a real long time. And then right into the microphone. Oh, super funny. Super funny. well done. Dolph. Well done. This whole entrance thing has been it's starting to get pretty annoying, but um this time it was it was good. It was good. Um it was also great to see Bobby Roode in action and also to be able to do the glorious thing along with him and all that. So much fun. Um not so glorious. Uh we thought we were gonna see the fashion police tonight. 
and we didn't. It's I guess technically it's still this week because they're going to be on the pay per view. But uh, yeah, I was I was so excited for that. Although I guess seeing it live doesn't really matter too much. We did have them on two hundred five live a few weeks ago, which something like that would have been awesome. But uh, yeah, tonight it was uh, just a tease for next. Not even a tease, just the the graphic saying that they'll be on Hell in a Cell. But uh, hopefully. It's going to be pretty great. The, the, the anticipation is killing me. Um, but yeah, not so glorious that we didn't get to see them tonight. Uh, we did see the Usos talk about Uso Penitentiary because they've got the tag team division on lock, locked up in the penitentiary, the Hell in a Cell cage. And uh, then the New Day comes out, uh, talks about their underwear a little bit. And, uh, yeah, I am really excited. I am really, really excited for this match. Uh, they have a good point that since they came over to SmackDown Live, their match, the New Day's matches have been fantastic. And I don't see that stopping anytime soon. It is a, it is a Hell in a Cell match, which is going to be great. Last year we did not, we, we, it was all singles matches. And so to have uh, that variety to it, we only have the two cell matches, one-on-one, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon, and then the tag team match. Now, is the third man, whoever is not participating in the match, are they going to be at ringside, right outside the cell? Are they going to sneak inside the cell? Would they even do anything to take advantage of that third person at all? I don't think they really need to. They just have to stand strong inside of there and just keep a lookout for if the Usos, either one of them, gets a hold of uh, weird objects like uh, batons, uh, stun guns, badges, nightsticks. Well, I already said batons. It's the same thing. Um, Shiny police shoes, prison guard shoes. Whatever. Um, It's going to be great. It's going to (laughs) be great. When I said whatever just now, uh, I did not mean it in that tone. Uh, What else happens in this episode? I... uh, Oh, yeah, we had Baron Corbin versus Ty Dillinger. That's right. That's right. Um, I was really happy that we got to see a Ty Dillinger match, but... uh, at the same time wait who even won i think oh i can't even remember who won the match it might have been a disqualification or something whatever happened it was a fun match to watch and everybody's way into doing the 10 thing which uh yeah i've complained about in the past but when it's a ty dillinger match i think it like it's you have to do it to not do it would be disrespectful i feel like um but that that was really fun oh that's right uh ty dillinger did win and uh then aj gave him crap about it so that was that was that was pretty good pretty good um a little bit disappointing that aj didn't come out and didn't actually wrestle in the in the episode but uh he was in the dark match afterwards which, like I said, was pretty great. Um, so the live crowd, uh, it was 
did it did not disappoint i don't think um well personally it did not disappoint at all uh what else was there in smackdown i can't remember exactly oh an aiden english and rusev says <laughs> that's okay that you ruined rusev day because there will be many happy rusev's day to come um randy orton comes out he has a match against aiden english he beats him of course and uh the gauntlet's been thrown thrown down even further when we see randy orton versus rusev at hell in a cell uh, Randy Orton's got to win that, right? Right? Hopefully it's not just a squash match. But maybe Rusev wins. With Aiden English at his side, Aiden could uh, sing a song and tame the Viper. Or or something. Um, and that's pretty much all I remember. Well, Sami Zayn tried to, uh, tried to give Shane some advice, but uh, Shane would not... Listen, that could be his downfall. You should listen to to Sami Zayn. He's got he thinks about everything, every possible situation, which doesn't necessarily translate into success. But uh, if you can kind of filter all the things he says and uh, see what the value, find the value in it, then uh, it's, it could help you out quite a bit. Okay, so uh, 205 Live, we open with uh, Kalisto and Enzo, as I talked about already. Uh, and Kalisto fought Arya Daivari, and he won? I think he won. You know, I can't even remember. Yeah, he did win, because we, we got his music and everything afterwards, and the, the, the Lucha, Lucha chants, which, uh, yeah, it's so much fun to, to be a part of that. And I think people might hopefully be getting on board with Kalisto. And uh, he is so good at so many things. And uh, you can just tell that he is holding back. Like the stuff he does, it's not even a fraction. Well, any amount is a fraction of a whole. But um, it, it doesn't even touch what you can tell he's he's capable of. Although he did almost slip off the ropes in celebration when he was climbing up on the ropes to, to hype up the crowd afterwards. Uh, kind of funny, kind of funny. Uh, we also had uh, Drew Gulak with slide number nine, no flipping. And then he faced Mustafa Ali, who flipped a lot. And that match was awesome. I don't know how to translate on TV. I, I, I'm definitely going to watch it back, though. It's, oh my gosh, it was, it was the best match of the night for sure, uh, especially as far as uh, skill goes and uh, showcasing uh, various uh, various moves, various maneuvers, various uh, like counters and stuff like that. Uh, Ali, especially there was this one moment when uh, he got, I thought he was going to go for like a six one nine or something similar to that, that Drew Gulak is draped over the bottom rope and uh, Mustafa like rolls backwards and slips through the ropes to the outside to land on his feet and then hits a drop kick into Drew Gulak's face. That's, uh, that short little sequence 
so freaking cool. Uh, and there's a bunch of that kind of stuff throughout out the match. Um, I can't forget if it was Ali or maybe somebody else that did a uh, takedown to the outside that was kind of similar to a GIF that uh, got posted on uh, Squared Circle, Squared Circle, Reddit.com slash r slash Squared Circle. Um, of some, it was Tyson Kidd doing kind of a similar uh, pull out to the to outside or something. Um, so I don't know if it was inspired by that, like, hey, people are talking about this. I'm going to do this on the show tonight, or that, or if it was just a pure coincidence. Either way, it was an awesome move, and it was a lot of fun to watch that entire match. Uh, I didn't have the guts to actually do it. I really wanted to start a no chance chant. It's like, no chance, clap, clap, no chance, clap, clap. Uh, but we did have Akira Tozawa at the top of the ramp, uh, interjecting with an ah, ah, ah every now and then to get the crowd back into it, which uh, uh, I thought was, uh, on one hand, I thought it was really cool and a lot of fun. On the other hand, uh, that he had to get it going to get the crowd interested again so many times when it was such a solid match, just like a, a technical showcase for both of these guys, and the crowd just wasn't all that into it at some parts. So that was uh, kind of a shame. Uh, and then the main event was Cedric Alexander versus Jack Gallagher. And I believe Cedric won. No, he got disqualified after hitting uh, Jack Gallagher with his umbrella. Uh, destroyed the umbrella. But he continues attacking Jack. All the refs come out, try to break things up. It doesn't really work. And then finally, uh, Kendrick comes out. Kind of, He doesn't attack C- Cedric or anything, but he comes to help Jack and provide kind of moral support and at least uh, s- see if he can keep Cedric from attacking any further. So that uh, is how we ended the episode. Uh, Cedric Alexander seemed to have kind of snapped to, to match the same kind of psychotic level of this evil Jack Gallagher, and I like that. It's uh, it's working pretty well. It was a it was a pretty intense match at times, and it was also cool that Jack wrestled in uh, in his full outfit. And throughout the match, the outfit got torn apart a little bit. His uh, nicely tucked tie inside of his vest, vest ripped open, uh, the tie swinging freely, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was it was cool to see that because you don't really see that like progression of damage when you're only wearing trunks, tights. What uh, you you know the the very short the briefs. And uh, not even knee pads, just briefs and, and, and shoes. You see, like, the actual physical damage on the body sometimes, but uh, to have that representation in the clothes, these very nicely dressed, very buttoned up, and that just torn apart is pretty is a pretty cool, like, added layer to that. Um, also, those shoes look like they do not, that they are not fun to have, stomped onto your face which he did early on in the match uh yeah it was pretty fairly it was fairly pretty pretty fairly early on that he did that to uh mustafa's face ouch 
Oh, sorry, not Mustafa's face. It was Cedric Alexander's face. Oof. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was 205 Live. It was really good. And then we also had... I was a little bit disappointed. When we see him in the opening segments, Enzo Amore, uh, he did say some, some more clever things. I don't think I mentioned this uh, from last night. Um, he said certified GPS... Um, which I also used to, uh, put 205 Live on the map. Like that whole line, I totally butchered it, but I thought that was super clever. And he said some pretty funny things tonight too. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hate, I hate him, but I also kind of like him and it's a tough spot to be in. Um, I guess being live really does have a big effect on, how much I like a lot of these, like, there's, there's nobody that I didn't really like, I liked everybody to some degree, even, like, Jinder Mahal, uh, I, I don't like Jinder Mahal, but his entrance is really good, it's, it's top notch, and the, the whole video package, and the music, I found myself, like, jamming to the music a little bit, and, uh, oh, yeah, this was in the dark match because uh, we didn't see any of that on the uh, actual episode. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about that. The dark match was a six-man tag team match. Rusev, Baron Corbin, Jinder Mahal versus AJ Styles, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Randy Orton. Uh, yeah, some shenanigans. Uh, with uh, two sweeting the, the ref, the the heel team wanted to two sweet the ref too. They kept two sweeting each other throughout the match. It was infuriating, and uh, we got to see uh, all everybody in action. Everybody got to do a little bit of their signature stuff, which was a lot of fun. And eventually, Randy Orton pinned Rusev after hitting an RKO. Uh, for the win. We also had the Singh brothers who got involved at some point. AJ Styles even chased them away from the ring, but they still snuck back and had a little bit more involvements. Um, but it wasn't enough because our, uh, Randy did win the match and, uh, it, it, it was, it was pretty cool. I, 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 I may have recorded it. I mean, I'm not going to post it or anything. Don't ask me for a copy of it or anything like that. But it's something that I uh, may go back and watch every now and then because it was so much fun. And it had so many of my favorite guys in there. Oh, Rusev. <laughs> Making fun of the good vibrations thing that uh, Shinsuke does. <laughs> he did it to Shinsuke and then was like walking around the ring just vibrating his head like that. And then uh, vibrated his head some more as uh Jinder Mahal d- did that move to him as well. Um that was that was <laughs> that was great. Rusev's so awesome. Um Baron Corbin eh Jinder bleh. Uh, and then the the whole good guy team AJ Styles my favorites uh him and Cesaro absolute fa- I'm sure I've talked about this before but just to reiterate, AJ Styles, absolute favorite. Cesaro, absolute favorite as well. Those two are just so freaking freaking good. And, and uh, I don't even care what they're doing. It, whatever I see them do, I've enjoyed it. And 
uh, yeah, so it was, it was great to see AJ in the Stark match. Um, Randy Orton is awesome, and um, and uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is is awesome as well. Uh, we saw some stuff I don't think we've seen from Nakamura, at least not since he came up to SmackDown. Uh, he had like two quick kicks, like the one spinning kick that missed, but he followed it up directly with a higher aimed kick that connected to Jinder Mahal. This was uh, during the actual episode. I thought that combination was, was really, really cool. Um, so, uh, anyway, that's basically, that's basically everything. Yeah. It was a really fun show. And, um, I'm very, very thankful that Matt and Aaron, got uh got these awesome tickets for us and uh it was it was just a lot a lot of fun um i guess my only complaint would be that there wasn't as much wrestling as there could have been um because it is the show leading right up to uh hell in a cell but uh but the, it it's all right because the 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 rest of it that did happen was great, and uh, for the most part, the stuff that wasn't wrestling was also pretty good. And it this show, unlike last night on Raw, I, I felt like I was missing a lot, not ha- having commentary. But tonight's show, it's I didn't even really think about that I wasn't hearing the commentary because everything was really engaging to me. And, uh, there was a lot of mic work and stuff anyway, um, to fill in a lot of, uh, the times that were just kind of, just kind of dead air for the live crowd last night. There wasn't much of that, uh, for SmackDown. And they also, uh, a couple of the matches, they ran across commercial breaks Whereas that didn't really happen very much on Raw last night. I think it only happened um, uh, once, definitely for sure, maybe twice. But most of the commercial breaks were commercial breaks for the live crowd, also, and those were not. Uh, they just se- they seemed they seemed really really long. Whereas on SmackDown we had multiple matches, higher percent of the matches that. Uh, went across during the commercial breaks and when they did happen it didn't really seem to like slow down and stop during those commercial breaks um that is a lot more masked for the live crowd so that was nice um so yeah that that's it's uh let me know what you thought about the tv version of all of these shows um i still have nxt i'm going to record this week's episode uh, or I'll, I'll post this shortly after I watch this week's NXT. There's no need to wa- actually watch all of these again. Um, if there is some great stuff that's like a commentary and things like that that you think are uh, I, that I should check it out for, then let me know. Um, I, I will probably watch all of these shows uh, in their television form at some point, but it's not a huge priority at the moment uh i won't be doing it before this episode is uh is published um that's my main point i guess but uh, there's still nxt to watch this week i'm super excited for that um and uh probably right after this section of the recording 
I'm going to talk about it. So uh, stay tuned for that, and I'll uh, and that's the rest of the episode that you're going to be listening to right now. Okay, bye from this recording at this time. Thanks again to Matt and Aaron who got us amazing tickets, and it was so so much fun. I can't wait to see another live event, which will probably be this time next year, but maybe. Maybe sooner than that. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. Stay tuned for a whole year of me saying, oh, I might be able to go to the next thing in a couple of weeks. Um, And then not actually be able to go to that. But anyway, uh, we also had NXT episode 414, the last in this set of tapings, I believe, um, as they did a new set of tapings yesterday the day that this aired um not any more developments there wasn't any more development uh about determining who would be in that fatal four-way for the nxt women's championship um i believe we'll find all of that out uh in the next couple of weeks uh but we did have some excellent matches ruby riot took on billy Kay and peyton royce again in a tag team match and her friends quote-unquote nikki cross came in later into the match to join the fray as her tag team partner which led to a victory by ruby as she double drop kicked both billy and peyton from the top rope and then hit billy k with a pele kick to get the win uh pretty fun match and it's nice to see that nikki and ruby have this this weird uh friendship enemy uh, enemy friendship where it's basically like the joker and batman that like no i'm the one who screws with with batman ruby riot all of you other villains can just get out of here um so yeah it was a pretty it was a pretty fun match uh we also had leo rush leo rush versus alistair black but the match didn't actually happen as the velveteen dream attacked leo and urged Alistair Black to say my name. But even though we heard Alistair Black speak the last couple of weeks, he did not speak tonight. He did not say Velveteen Dream's name. We also saw Kyrie Sane's NXT TV debut versus Aaliyah. And she, I mean, this wasn't, it was great to see Kyrie, but it wasn't that great of a match. Um, but Kyrie won with her big combination, and it kind of is starting to remind me of Finn Balor that he has that combination finisher, and uh, it's a similar in a lot of ways. Uh, the sling blade drop kick, and then the double stomp. With Kyrie, we have the um, uh, what are the three things? The spear. Then the uh, diving elbow or the running forearm and then the the big elbow drop off the top. Uh, same sort of thing, which, I mean, it's great, but hopefully we will also see her use some other um, ways to finish the match. Like, she does she have uh, does she have a submission finish? I don't, we haven't seen it on WWE yet, but perhaps she has one that's pretty well known from her days of yore. 
Anyway, um, then we had an excellent main event, which I believe took up like half the episode because suddenly it started and then it was very long. It went across three segments, uh, across two commercial breaks. But it was really good. Drew McIntyre, the NXT champion, versus Roderick Strong. Great, great moments throughout the match. Uh, very close calls. Uh, Roddy came very close to winning that championship a couple of times. But ultimately, yeah, just go watch this match. Go watch this match. Tons of great moments. I didn't even write anything down because it's like it's one great thing after another after another. Anyway, uh, Drew McIntyre uh, hits the Claymore and wins the match. And uh, CFO, Cole, Fish, O'Reilly, the Undisputed Era, the Undisputed, whatever they're called, they greet Roddy at the top of the ramp. They trade some words. We don't know what they say exactly. But uh, it's very clear that they're shooting for Drew McIntyre next. At least Adam Cole is. Sending a message. To all these NXT punks. So that's it for week 40. Well, it, no, it isn't it for week 40 because this Sunday we have Hell in a Cell. So stay tuned for my thoughts on that. I am super excited. We have, um, oh, I guess I could talk. Let's talk predictions. Let's talk Hell in a Cell predictions. Hell in a Cell. Too bad. I got to look up what all the matches are. Um, okay. So on the kickoff show, oh, this is a packed, packed night of stuff uh the kickoff show chad gable and shelton benjamin benjamin versus the hype bros uh they were on the kick the not the kickoff they are in a dark match before smackdown and gable and benjamin didn't have like a video package for their entrance so i hope that they do have one on sunday that'd be that'd be kind of weird if they didn't i assume that they will maybe it was just technical difficulties or they're just waiting until they get a new video package uh, put together for them i will find out uh, we have Randy Orton versus Rusev. I'd be as long as it's a fun match, I'm okay with either I either of them winning. I think Randy Orton will win. And then we'll have well, if he does win, I really hope it's longer than nine seconds. Or ever long that's was that SummerSlam? Oh my gosh. Like how no, that wasn't SummerSlam. That was at um the the last pay-per-view. Because SummerSlam was Rusev versus John Cena in that flag match, right? Yes. Anyway, uh, Bobby Roode, I hope, defeats Dolph Ziggler. AJ Styles must defeat the shortcut kid, the short, the king of shortcuts, Baron Corbin. Um, Charlotte Flair, probably. Yeah, I hope Charlotte Flair defeats Natalia, And then Carmella cashes in on Charlotte's. Whatever, whoever wins this match, I hope Carmella cashes in and is successful. Uh, for for there to be two Money in the Bank briefcases and for both of them to fail, that would be kind of lame. So I, I, you know what? Charlotte Flair doesn't have to win. Like Natalia wins, Carmella cashes in, and there we go. Maybe she cashes in too soon and sh- and doesn't even pin Natalia. I don't know. Um, then we have a Hell in a Cell match for the uh, Tag Team Championship, the the New Day, the champions, versus the Usos. I think that this is very likely going to be the match of the night, and I am super excited. We also have the return of the Fashion Files. I'm super excited for that. Um, then we have 
something I'm not so excited for, but hopefully turns out in a positive outcome with Shinsuke Nakamura becoming the new WWE Championship versus Jinder Mahal. I think he showed that, uh, like, if you go after the Singh brothers and take them out before the match, you, you stand a pretty good chance. It's kind of weird that this isn't a Hell in a Cell match, but also it's kind of good that it isn't because it would probably just be exactly the same as um, at uh, was it Battlegrounds, the, the Punjabi prison match, and the Great Kali would come out and hold pin uh, Nakamura against the inside of the cage so that's you know, all that same sort of stuff. Uh, and then the main event, I assume it will be the main event, Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens in a Falls Count Anywhere Hell in a Cell match. And I kind of want to see Kevin Owens defeat Shane McMahon with a headlock on top of the cage. Nobody falling off, nobody getting thrown off, no violent stuff. It's just a very, they just end up climbing up there and then a simple headlock ends the match. It would be hilarious. Okay, so that is, those are my predictions for this Sunday at Hell in a Cell. And those were my thoughts on this week of stuff. Uh, so since I did see it, I didn't watch anything um, in the TV version. I watched it a little bit. And I saw some clips of the highlights of, of, of commentary. But uh, in, so for all of these shows, except for NXT, I saw it without that commentary track. Um, so I missed out on the very first time Tom Phillips anchored Raw which had to be pretty awesome. The couple of clips I heard were pretty good. Um, and uh, it's great that Nigel is back. I was worried about that last week. Uh, so anyway, oh yeah, did they address it? Maybe I should watch watch back to see if they talk about why he was gone last week or anything. Or I could just do a, a Google search for it. Or a Bing search. Or a web crawler. Is web crawler still around? I'm going to... Uh, I am curious. Webcrawler. Um, Webcrawler.com. It still exists. Well, how about that? How about that? I'm not going to search for anything on it because it might cause something. I don't know. Okay, that's it. Uh, let me know what you thought about this week and what you think about Hell in a Cell this Sunday by tweeting me at TIW Podcast. Go to todayiwatched.com for more reviews. If you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, write a review on iTunes, and support the show even more on patreon.com slash today I watched. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll be back with Hell in a Cell this Sunday. Bye.